Welcome back to another episode of Jehovah Jireh. We are so blessed and so thankful that you took your time to listen to this episode. Thank you for your patience during our hiatus. Be sure to rate this episode on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Don't forget to like and share. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Hello. We're back at Jehovah Jireh. Well, we're back, and we thought it'd be fitting to come back on the month of Nisan. According to the Jewish Bible, this is the beginning of the year. So there are new things blossoming. By the way, things are new, things are fresh, have been renewed in the Spirit, and I'm thanking God every day. First off, I want to testify, over the Passover season, God healed me. And as a result, I promised to him that I would testify to somebody about it every day. And so I've been doing so. Um, And as you know, the book of Revelation say that we overcame by the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. So through the blood of Jesus Christ, I've been saved and I'm testifying in accordance to that blood. So I got healed over the Passover season and I'm ecstatic about it. I'm overwhelmed. I thank the Lord for everything. I'm going to tell you something though. What it made me realize is this. Our humility is so far from us. We expect God to do so many things for us. And we're always asking him for stuff. And God definitely doesn't mind. He's a father. He's a provider, a protector, and one who makes provision for So he finds enjoyment out of all those things. But my heart was so overwhelmed on how we're always asking God for stuff and always expecting God to do things for us, whether it's a new car, whether our car is broke, our bills need to be paid, whatever it is. And yesterday I had a moment in which I just thought, Lord, you must be so heartbroken when we're always asking you for something. Is there anything that I can do for you? And I thought to myself, God, tell me, tell me something. What can I do for you? You do so much for me. Is there anything I can do for you? So I've been asking God that. What can I do for you? It is my desire to do something for the Lord. It is my desire to hear from him, to do something that he wants me to do just for him and to keep asking him. He does so much for me. He kept my children. He kept a place for me to stay. He kept breath in my body. He healed my body. He kept my husband. And not only that, he actually uh, brought our anointing this year afresh and anew. And I have to tell you that the Lord's been really working with me on revelation knowledge. So I want to share that with you. I want to thank the Lord also that my daughter's here with me today. That always makes me feel good because uh, she's young. And I I want to always know what the young people are thinking. Because face it, we need young people. We need them in Christ. We need them to realize who Christ is. And God wants them. He loves them. and uh, And he's going to use them in a most powerful way. And I know that. 
God's going to use our young people. He's been using our young people. He has new revelation, new wine to pour into them. And we're not going to believe all the miracles that are going to take place through our young people, through our young generation, our millennials, so the world calls them. But God has a a plan for them, and it's a plan of good. And so God's going to use them. And I also wanted to talk about iniquities. I think that we're not discussing our sins, our iniquities on a level that we can be free. Did you know that Satan was holding us captive, and he's doing so to rob us? You know, God's whole desire is for us to be free. The goal of Satan and his empire is to take prisoners and subject them to and oppress them and rob them of their gifts and to finally destroy them. And so he does that by taking us captive. And that's taking us captive in different areas. Satan wants to take you captive and lots of us are captive. We're captive to fear. We are captive to lust. We are captive to pain. We are captive to childhood experiences. We are captive to abortions that have took place. We are captive to painful childhoods, painful relationships. We've been taken captive and God came to set the captive free. And the Bible also says whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So we've been taken captive by our iniquities. And what are iniquities? Our iniquities are the inner drive to sins. They're the sins that the Bible says that will surely find you out. They're also the sins that were conceived in conception that you were born with, that were passed on to you through the umbilical cord. These sins are the inner sins in the fiber of who you are that drive you to sin, that drive you to the sins that you don't even know why you're committing that you commit without consciousness or knowledge of, that they become you. So I want to deal with that, and I want to deal with how to be set. First of all, I want you to know that it is God's desire to set you free, that he gave his blood to set you free from iniquity. Okay, Isaiah 53 says, Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. God actually allowed his son to pay the price of our iniquities with his shed blood. And so, so that we could be free because the accuser of the brethren is accusing us day and night of iniquities, iniquities that have been passed on from generation to generation. Exodus 34 and Numbers 14, 18, they tell us that God visits the iniquities of the third and fourth generation. And so the thing about it is we have to confront those iniquities accuser of the brethren satan is accusing us day and night of our iniquities he's making accusations against us in the courtroom of heaven and he's searching our iniquities out not just our iniquities but our forefathers iniquities our mother's iniquities it's why we're repeat offenders it's why the same thing that happened to you happened to your mother happened to her mother because These iniquities are passed on from the womb. 
The Bible says we were conceived in sin, in these iniquities. They're passed on from the umbilical cord from generation to generation. So tell me, Talia, what do you think iniquities are? And how do you think they affect us? Um, Iniquities, to me, signify something that you continually do, even though you ask for forgiveness of it, but you turn around and do it again. I feel like iniquities is a form of a shackle or a form of a stronghold, um, unless you're completely healed of whatever that iniquity is. But I think that people have a misconception that iniquities can only be things that you're actually doing, but there can be iniquities of mentally and physically. But I think a lot of times when you think of sin, you think of an action, like something that I do. Right, instead of a thought process. Right. Well, you're right, because our thoughts can imprison us. Right. Iniquities actually imprison you. They take life from you. They are something that Satan holds against you. He actually, You're actually in bondage to these iniquities. And they're the sins that find you out. You know, they're the sins that creep in and we do them as second nature. But God was bruised in the inward, a bruise, think of a bruise. It takes place in the inward part of your skin. So those iniquities take place in the inward parts of your being. Those are those besetting things that you just keep doing and not even willfully. And you watch your children do them. And I tell you what, we have to repent. Not only do we have to repent for ourselves, but we also have to repent for our whole bloodline. You have to realize that these iniquities were passed on in conception, in the first conception of you in your mother's womb. These iniquities were there and they grabbed a hold of you. And so you have to actually begin to cleanse your bloodline. Actually, I've been spending months cleansing my bloodline. I tell you, it has been a journey. But our bloodline must be cleansed on a regular basis because we have so much sin and transgression and iniquities from each generation that we have to be set free of. And it's vitally important for this next move of God that we be set free. In actuality... I'm going to tell you this. I cannot give to you what I haven't obtained myself. That's why the church doesn't have any power. We want to preach about things that we haven't obtained. It is illegal in God's realm to give you something that does not belong to me. It is it is a legal transaction. I cannot give you something that I haven't obtained for myself. And so we are preaching things that we haven't obtained for yourself. How can I give you? Paul said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto you. And so he had already obtained that authority of healing and he was allowed to give it away. It's a legal transaction to give something away that you haven't obtained. And so for the next move of God, we are going to have to obtain this authority, this knowledge, and this freedom in Christ through being free from our iniquities that have held us in bondage, not just us, but our parents, our forefathers from generation to generation. 
We have to not only think of ourselves and the sins that we are dealing with, but you have to think of your mother's sins, your daddy's sins, your forefather's sins. And you have to go in and ask God for forgiveness, repent of those sins as if they are yours. Own up to them because actually they are a part of your bloodline and they are yours. That's why it is essential and you have to be born again because we have to be born into God's blood, but we still have to appropriate what the crosses did for us. You know, the New Testament is like a will. Well, it actually is a will and all those are promises and we can have them, but they're sort of like improbate. They're being held there because we do not know how to appropriate the blood. We do not know how to gain what is ours through the will of the Lord, through the blood of Jesus Christ in the finished work of the cross. And so we have to start off with repentance. We need to collectively repent for our sins, our forefathers' sins. It's why a molester keeps molesting. It's why a rapist keeps raping. It's why a murderer keeps murdering. It's why it keeps going and skipping generation and comes back through. And we say to ourselves, how did this happen? Nobody in our family did it. Trust me, somebody in your lineage did it. And so we have to go through that lineage, cleanse that bloodline by repentance so that we can be forgiven of our iniquities and be set free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And Satan is holding us captive. I tell you what, the definition of captive. Captive, a person who has been taken prisoner or an animal that has been confined. Prisoner, convict, detainee, inmate, abductee. In prison, confined. One translation even says being without the ability to escape. So, and another translation says taken or held as a prisoner of war kept within bounds, confined. So we have been taken captive. And the word says that Jesus took captivity captive. So that is another thing that the cross has did for us. Jesus took captivity captive. You know, one of the best ways to know what that means to me is Psalms 51. Tell, can you read Psalms 51 for me? Psalms 51 in the English Standard Version says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. And that's actually kind of important because that's an action. That's the Lord action and something to be done. Right. Which has to happen first. Which has to happen first. Um, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, which will be your petition. Yeah. Um, For I know my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me, which is you verbally admitting to confession which, for what you're right. doing against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words, which is also important because he's um, acknowledging what he did, but not only for himself, but acknowledging mentally that this is something that I have to take on no matter exactly. who, who did it. confess this, right? Um, and that's why confession is so important, right? Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin, and my mother conceived me. Behold, you delight in truth and the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in in the secret heart. 
Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltness. O God, O God of my salvation, in my tongue will I sing aloud your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Okay, that's great. I tell you what, that certainly is summing up a lot of it. So God wants to create in us a new spirit and a right heart. But by doing so, we first have to confess And then we have to repent. And to repent means to go in the opposite direction in the way that we were going and to go towards the Lord and the ways of the Lord. And you say, uh, how will I know? Listen, God is a good God and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you sins. I would definitely start off asking God to forgive me, to forgive my forefathers of my sins. First, relate to all your inner sins. Because in order to do that too, just like Tao was saying, we got to renew. You have to have a sense of accountability. You have to have, and guess what? You owe it to God. Make no mistake about it. You are a sinner. Make no mistake about it. There is nothing good about you. And you have to compare yourself to the word of God and his commandments. They allow us to know just who we are they are they are lined up there to compare yourself to those we are sinners we are sinners at heart our thoughts our very thoughts that's why our mind has to be renewed and so god is saying listen through the holy spirit and through my blood i'm going to forgive you i'm going to give you power the bible even says that i'll give you power to become the sons and daughters of god So God is already saying, through my blood, I'm going to take care of this. But first, let's come to the realization that we did it. Let's own up to it. Let's confess it. Let's realize it's wrong. You know, we have lost the ability to have a consciousness of sin. We no longer want to accept that we're wrong. Because we compare ourselves, we compare our sins to to others because we feel like it's greater and they're not they're all on the same playing field right and in actuality uh our forefathers they seem some actions do seem harsher than others but this all eyes of the heavenly court they're all the same they are all the same and so and then too we have become a lawless nation feel that you can sleep with somebody and it's okay well you can't because god has given you free will but believe me through every action, there's a reaction. There, you will be accountable for it. So there's such a blurred line what sin is. Our young people, you don't realize what sin is. And a part of it is because the older generation and the generations before you took those values out of institutions and did not teach you them. You know, there used to be a time when the commandments were in school and they were taught and you knew them right? 
So you knew just what you were dealing with. So you had a sense of what was right and what was wrong. But now we live in a land of lawlessness. So anything we do, we think we have the freedom to do. And make make no bones about it. You do have the freedom of your will to do these things. But you have to also, is society norms worth the doors that you're opening and the consequences that happen if you just let this fester or you don't ask for forgiveness of something? And I always say that... Um, Whatever society says is normal is of Satan. Society says it's normal to lay up in the house with your counterpart after right. you've been dating for a certain part. And that's not what the Bible says. But I think the good, the good thing is there's so many easy-to-read versions of the Bible. And there's Google. Right. That could not, don't you, you know, you don't take everything Google says, but it's a good starting point so that you can find the truth in the Word. Right. And I tell you what, the truth sets you free. You know, if you really want to be free, if you really want to be free of depression, oppression, hurts, pains, start with repentance. Start with accepting God for who he is. He is God. And most of all, he loves you. We do. Parents, I want to tell you, all parents, young, old, I don't care who you are. If you love your children, you need to start on a journey of cleansing your bloodline and repenting of sins of your forefathers, your mother, your father, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You need to make a conscious choice because for me, I do not want my children to repeat my sins. It is, it is one of the most painful thoughts in my reality that my children will make the same mistakes that my children will waste the time that I waste, that my children will feel the pain that I felt, that my children will have to do the same things or even worse. Because through those iniquities, not only come pain and repercussions, but death, sickness, disease. A lot of things travel through bloodlines because we haven't took the time to repent and they're coming, our sins are following us. And they're holding us captive. And God wants to set us free. God took captivity captive. So his blood did it all. He already set you free. You just have to appropriate that blood. You have to take that blood, make a conscious choice, and use it for your benefit. God did a finished work. When he laid down his life on the cross and he said it is finished, it was, it's finished. You are already healed. The Bible says he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my very peace is upon him. And by his stripes, I'm healed. By God's stripes, you're already healed. So you have to appropriate that blood. Like I said, the New Testament is his will and his last testament. All those promises belong to you. But you have to appropriate those promises through the blood of Jesus Christ and through faith. Faith without works is dead. It's just like I could have a bank full of money 
and my lights can go off. If I did not take that money and go physically pay my lights through whichever form you pay it, my lights are going to go off. But they didn't have to go off because I had the money, but I did not appropriate the funds where they went. That is just like the word of God in the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood was shed for every area so that we could be more than conquerors through that blood of Jesus, so that we could be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And that everything that we need was in that blood. So God did so much, not just forgiveness of sins, but our very peace is upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. By that blood, we're healed. Everything is done. So I want to tell the mother, for your children, begin to repent. You know, it is so vitally important for us to accept our sins, accept responsibility for them. Yes, I did them. Yes, I did that. Yes, I committed adultery. Yes, I was rebellion. You know, rebellion is as a spirit of witchcraft. So it is actually bringing a spirit of witchcraft to you. Yes, I rejected my child from the womb. Yes, there are so many repercussions to the things that we do in the spirit realm that we have not a clue. But God has given us a way of escape. And that's through the word of God and through the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ. He did a finished work for us. And we must come to the conclusion that we need God, that we need his blood, that we need his forgiveness, that we've sinned for years, that we've committed adultery against him. That not only that, that we have so many iniquities that must be torn down and that we need God. We need Jesus Christ. We need Yeshua's blood. We need that blood to help us to forgive us for those iniquities. But we have to confess. We have to want more for ourselves. Want more than just coping with that depression or coping with whatever that is. And want total peace and total freedom for whatever that is. But I think too that's an identity problem. That is an identity problem. And who ta- who's there to rob, steal, and to kill? Satan. Satan. He's accusing us before the Father day and night. He is an accuser of the brethren. So, and he, the, the Bible says in, in the Psalms that he searches out a diligent search. So he, even when you, you begin to confess your own sins, he'll begin to accuse you of your forefathers' sins. That is why God says that I visit the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Them that hate me are those that are lawless. That those that are not abiding love God without keeping his commandments. And they are not grievous. But you do need the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's important. Like you, you do saying, need the Holy Spirit. To acknowledge not just your sins, but the sins of your forefathers. Because exactly. this be something they didn't know. So, if, you know, we perish of a lack of knowledge. And if I didn't give that knowledge on, and I have it now, do better. Want better for yourself. Want more for yourself at this point. It's true. Because you're still here. Because you're still here. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot our young people have to cope with. And so we want to give them the opportunity to have a fighting chance. But what better thing to give your young person than the blood of Jesus, the mercy that the blood offers? You know, we can actually lay a foundation, a godly foundation we can pass on to our children. If we learn how to accept our sins and appropriate the blood over them, God is willing and always able to forgive us. He wants to. It's why he sent his son to die for us. It's why his son shed his blood. 
and seven areas so that we could have total dominion and power back so that all those things that were lost in the garden, we could obtain back. That is God's complete will for us. The complete will for us is to obtain all that was lost. Nothing broken. Nothing broken. On earth as it is in heaven. Exactly. The most powerful prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That sums it all up. It sums up everything we need. We need to address our Father. And that when we address God as our Father who are, who are in heaven, we take away the power of every other God. We're saying, I know you as the God, the one true God that lives in heaven, that dwells there. And you can do this. And God has a desire for us to do this. He wants us free. He wants us set free. As a matter of fact, his son died and took captivity captive so that we could be free. So we're going to end this. But I enjoyed you, Talia. I hope that you enjoyed me. And guess what? Jehovah Jireh is back. And I urge you to look up scriptures pertaining to these subjects will always give scriptures and i also want to say to you if you have not accepted jesus christ as your savior please do today ask him to come into your life to be your lord and i know he's willing once again stay prayed up i'll see you next week hey everybody it's talia and i just wanted to end this episode with this week's food for thought and it is coming from matthews 4 4 which says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I encourage you to um, take the next step and go and see these verses for yourselves. Be sure to leave us a comment on how you feel at the episode. At the bottom of this episode, we can be found everywhere podcasts can be found now. Thank the Lord. Um, and also don't forget to let us know how you're liking these episodes on across our social media boards, which are always linked in the description. So we look forward to seeing you guys soon. Be blessed, be well, and we'll see you next time.